Oh, turn it up. Speaking of, did you get your Icon Pass yet, Sean? I'm on IconPass.com dropping in right now. Wow, from just two fifty nine adult. Okay, done. If there's one thing that I've learned in my thirty four years on this planet, this is it. There are certain things that you should not say to certain people. If you're not a doctor, you should not offer medical advice to a doctor. (laughs) Sounds simple, but just because you have access to Google or to WebMD, that doesn't give you the same credentials as a doctor who graduated at the top of their class from Georgetown. Even with my first aid merit badge, I'm not offering tips to my doctor during a physical or while the radiologist reads the x-rays from my latest knee injury. During our ongoing construction project and renovation, Pastor Ed is not offering engineering tips to the structural engineer who worked with our architect to design the renovation in addition happening just outside those doors. Yes, we all know Pastor Ed is handy. He fixed a leak in my basement a few weeks ago. But he knows where his expertise ends, and he knows where the professionals begin. This is a really important one. If you are a first-year seminary student, and you happen to be taking a class called Introduction to the Hebrew Bible, you do not say to Dr. Valerie Bridgman, during a lecture, the Bible says this, not that. It's a bad idea. It was the fall of 2011, my third week as a seminary student, the third week of a new academic year. My notebook was full of blank pages, ready to absorb the ink from the knowledge that I thought I was going to scratch down frantically during Dr. Bridgman's lecture. If I missed anything during the lecture, I could always go back to the audio recording that I had made. One of the first things I wrote down in my notebook in the fall of 2011 was this. Leave your Sunday school theology at the door. Leave your 45-minute craft time understanding of the Hebrew Bible, that's the Old Testament, at the door. Because if you do not do that, bad things will happen. I added the last part. Week one, introductions, expectations, assignments for the semester, Genesis chapter one. Week two, the serpent and Adam and Eve. Week three, Noah and the flood. We talked about the animals walking two by two, We talked about rainbows, and we talked about doves. But the story, the story that all of those kids know by heart, the story that my four-year-old son knows better than some of you, it continues past the flood. It goes further than chapter 8, and that is where the trouble began. Our saying this morning in Said Jesus Never is the Bible says it, I believe it, and that settles it. When planning the preaching schedule for the summer, Pastor Jeff thought it was funny 
that for two weeks in a row, I would have the opportunity, as he called it, to preach on two not-so-easy topics. Last week, politics and Jesus. Yay. (laughs) This week, the inerrancy of Scripture. Did the Bible fall out of the sky? Of all of the sayings that we're tackling this summer, this saying, the Bible says it, I believe it, that settles it, that is the one saying that I have heard in every single church that I've ever been in. I've heard it here at Mount Olivet from many of you. Perhaps not as definitive as the Bible says it, that settles it, and I believe it. But I've heard many of you all say, the Bible says. Pastor Tier, the Bible says to rest on the Sabbath. So, should I clean my apartment today and be a good roommate? Or should I rest as the scriptures tell me to? Pastor Tier, the Bible says to love one another. But my brother, is a word that I can't say here in church with you this morning, this brother has hurt me badly and I just cannot love him. Pastor Tier, the Bible says that this is prohibited by God. But I don't read it that way. Those are all questions I've heard from all of you over the last year. The Bible says a lot of things. The Bible is a collection of books telling the story of the people of God. It's a book of covenant, heartache, promise, lament, renew, and hope. 39 Old and 27 New Testament books give us a glimpse into what God promised to Israel and then fulfilled through Jesus Christ. But the absolute, the Bible says it, I believe it, that settles it. That creates a problem. It is an oversimplification of Scripture because it ignores the historical and cultural considerations that we have to take into account in 2018 when we read the scriptures because those historical and cultural circumstances are what influenced the writing of the Bible. It is the examples that were used by the writers to make their point. The Bible says a lot of things. Do you have a witch living next to you? Exodus twenty two eighteen has you covered. You shall not prevent permit a female sorcerer to live near you. To live. The Bible says you can do it. Parents, teenagers coming in, you have to listen to this. Your life depends on it. Seriously. All who curse their mother and father shall be put to death. Their blood is on them. Our scripture reading this morning that Pastor Ed read, he might have written it, he's that old. With your utensils you shall have a trowel. When you relieve yourself outside, you shall dig a hole and then cover up your excrement, because the Lord your God travels along with you. Sorry, I have bad news if you're on the building committee. We need to add a change order to the ongoing construction and remove all of the bathrooms from the church. Leviticus 19.27 and 21.5. You shall not round off the hair on your temples or mar the edges of your beard. You shall not make 
bald spots upon their heads or shave off the edges of their beards. So guys, I'm sorry, you can't go to the barber shop anymore. 1 Corinthians 14, women should be silent in church. They are not permitted to speak, but should be subordinate, as the law also says. I'm not even going to touch that one. <laughs> the first half of Exodus 21, along with 1 Peter 2.18, sets out the rules and regulations for the owning slaves. So to flat out say that the Bible says it, and that settles it, it doesn't work. When Dr. Bridgman finished her lecture on the flood narrative and then moved to Genesis 9, Genesis 9 is in the Bible, believe it or not. More than likely, though, you haven't read it in Sunday school, and more than likely, my son will not read it in Sunday school. In class, we talked about Genesis chapter 9 and covenant and Noah's sons, and that's when it happened. Without raising a hand. But this isn't in the Bible. The Bible says that after the flood, there was a rainbow and there was a dove, and that was the end of the story. I don't remember his name. I really wish I did, though. But when he interrupted Dr. Bridgman with his outburst, this student had settled it, at least in his mind, that the Bible said something and that there was nothing else to discuss. That settles it is the end of a conversation. There's nothing further for us to talk about at this time, so let's move on to something else. But to read the Bible, whether it's a single verse, a pericope, which is a grouping of uh, verses, an entire chapter, or an entire book, and to say, now that settles it, it skips the work that we have to do today in 2018 as we read stories that in many cases began as oral tradition that was handed down from generation to generation, in some cases over a hundred years. Think for a moment about the stories that you tell around the table when your family gathers together. There are family stories that are passed from generation to generation, something that your great, 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 great grandmother did. How much of this story has changed from all those greats ago? If you were to write down that story today, would it match what happened so long ago? Since these oral stories were finally written down, they've been translated from Hebrew, Greek, and Aramaic into English over and over again. English is dramatically different from Hebrew, Greek, and Aramaic. I don't speak or read Hebrew, Greek, or Aramaic, so I have to rely on the English translations, which means I have to rely on a language that is different, depending on where you are standing on the planet. Speaking to my brother-in-law, who is Greek, he speaks English. His understanding of the English language is vastly different from mine, which means I have to be diligent in the way that I speak to Dennis. 
To say something in the Bible is settled without first working through the text, looking at the cultural and historical influences, considering the inconsistencies between translations, and also considering what these stories meant to their original audiences and original author. That is the task that we have to do in conjunction with the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is the one that first placed these texts into motion, and it is the Holy Spirit that still speaks through these texts today. In the book, What is the Bible? Former megachurch pastor turned Oprah's best friend, Rob Bell, recalls when his The Bible Says It, I Believe It, and That Settles It mentality became problematic after a friend called him out after a sermon for missing the depth that the scriptures went into. Rob had missed out on the fact that Jesus was a Jew. He knew that Jesus was Jewish, but Rob missed out on the richness of the Jewish culture that would have influenced Jesus as he was raised by his parents. He missed the cultural significance of Jesus' ministry during a time when Rome occupied Israel. He missed the cultural circumstances that influenced the laws being recorded in Leviticus. He missed the cultural circumstances and the necessity of the structure within the temple system Israel had. He missed the political commentary, the subversive poetry He missed the discrepancies within the text that were intentionally placed by the authors because the authors themselves were going deeper into the text. He recalled thinking, how did I miss this? I've been reading the Bible my entire life, time and time again, every single day. How did I miss it? Because of The Bible said it, I believe it, that settles it. My classmate missed out on an opportunity to have the same divine breath that put life into the author's words and took that life and put it into the original audience's hearts. He missed the opportunity to have that same breath placed into his life. The same spirit that swept across the dark waters in Genesis is the same spirit that breathed life into the words that we give thanks to God for every single week. Jesus never said, the Bible says it, I believe it, and that settles it. Because he, along with the apostles, were reading and interpreting scriptures inspired by the breath of the Holy Spirit. When we read these texts, the only thing that is settled is that what was written was ultimately fulfilled by the Word made flesh, Jesus Christ. The Bible is an invitation. It is a resource for us to a life of faith made possible by the grace of Jesus Christ. It isn't settled yet because the Spirit is still at work in those words and in us. Thanks be to God. Amen.